Welcome everybody to the Making of a Puppet podcast. We're very excited today to, to have a special guest coming in to, to join us in a, a design experience. So we've got Francois who is with us, who is, is um, based in France. And Francois, can you tell us a little bit about what wonderful things you've managed to navigate in, in your little time on this rock called Earth and, and the work that, that you're up to? So give us a bit of a story of the, the tale of Francois. Wow. Uh... <laughs> So, um, you know, I, I've always been um, inspired by the Little Prince, um, and and the Little Prince is uh, is an interesting character because he cares. Uh, he cares for his planet. He cares for others. He cares for himself. Uh, and and I think that you know we should all learn uh, to be uh, like him, caring for oneself, others, and the planet. And we should uh, all be able to. Uh, identify what's truly meaningful uh, for us to do and we should uh, like he does you know challenge uh, the existing world uh, especially the adult world and um, that uh, for all sorts of historical reason uh, has been designed more by the powerful people than the caring people and 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 that uh, led to exploitation of people of others of the planet of and and in its exhaustions uh, and so you know that model of, of uh, exploitations and colonialism and so on has uh, reached its limits so we have to to change this and and I think that you know the, the little prince is one of the way uh, towards um, this so I don't know if you know there will ever be a puppet with the little prince but you know maybe uh, that's what we need or a little princess uh, because I think we need uh, even more uh, that um, feminine touch uh, especially when you talk about caring and, and, and so on and uh, I think that um, you know in fact what the little prince is he's not a citizen there's no city on this planet uh, for me it's a planetism uh, and and uh, and for me we should all become planetism like the little prince uh, and so you know the historical notions of citizen uh, was born uh, of the men in arms defending the city walls uh, and women were no citizens slaves were no citizens children are still not citizens migrants have never been citizens uh, and whereas on a if you're a planetism then you know everyone born on this planet is a planetism whatever the age whatever the country and, and uh, even whatever the species um, and so we should all have rights and that's basically what we're trying to do is to uh, invite everyone to become a planetism um, and to planetize another planet's eyes. That's a um, it's a big jump from the little prince to, to planetism. Were you at four years old or five years old? Are you thinking about planetism as little Francois, or what's the what are the sparks early for you that um, that keep the caring alive? Because I think it's in all of us when we're born. You know, um, for the most part, I think as a species, we're we're gentle um, as babies. We've we've got we want love. We're open to the world. And, yeah, what was it that allowed has allowed you to um, navigate the intensity, the confrontational nature of adulthood, um, the the everything being peeled back and seeing the reality, and, and to find that hope um, still, and to, to to want to believe in something as simple as pure and as tough sometimes as caring for each other. Um, I think I was blessed to to be born in a caring family, um, and uh, I'm the older of four. I've got three sisters. The youngest one is ten years younger, so you know. Um, and I've always uh, my mother uh, 
was uh, the type that you know doesn't give you order but um, convince you of, of what should be done uh, mm. and um, and in a way you know um, I've always been caring for my uh, sisters for my uh, cousins for you know uh, my community with a dog and, and so on so I think you know it's the way you grow uh, to to care and then my mother got sick and then you know I, I started caring for her and and uh, you know she spent the last month of her life living uh, with us and and uh, I think that's you know those are the very important moments uh, they are the defining moments uh, for this uh, caring relationship then of course getting your own children is uh, yet another level of experience uh, where you know you realize you know are vulnerable uh, we've all been at birth and and that uh, you know you are responsible for one another and and so th that's I think was um, uh, some of the defining moments uh, to want to care and uh, and then I, I was in New York on September 11 uh, you know and I realized that um, I mean the world can collapse very quickly uh, at least part of it, uh, but you know, with the global crisis we have, we see that you know this collapseology is is a possibility um, unless we care. Uh, and so you know, it's uh, uh, I think it's we have to. I think every generation uh, was invited to care, but ours is invited to care. Uh, I mean, the, li the one living now are invited to care at unprecedented scale. So I think, you know, I'm an evolutionary biologist, uh, so I'm always interested in, you know, where did things appear in evolution? And I think, you know, care appeared in evolution when newborns uh, were born frail. Uh, so not all animals, uh, newborns are frail. Uh, many of them have, you know, their own ways of, of uh, not needing their parents. Yeah, the giraffe is up and off you go, you know, walking yes. within four hours or something like it's yeah, and uh, and you know, with snail snails, for instance, or tortoise, or you know, whatever. I mean, it's even more obvious. Uh, but uh, but the little giraffe, for instance, or any mammal, needs the milk uh, of the mother for a while. Okay, so you know, there is some care, even though you know it can walk around. Uh, there is still some care. So you know, it, but our species is very vulnerable at birth. You know, the most vulnerable for the most years. And so, you know, we, we've learned to do this. Uh, and, and we've learned that, uh, in fact, we are also a species that is very social species. None of us uh, will survive very long alone in the jungle. Uh, but with a community that care for each other, then we can progressively do things that we couldn't do otherwise. So we've extended the caring from, you know, just caring for the, for the young ones to caring for each other as a community. Um, and then we realized we had to care for our own environment because if we were not doing it, you know, uh, then we would uh, exhaust it and then we would be um, not able to, to survive for long either. But so this is very ancestral. But what is new to our generations is the fact that we realize that this is now happening at the planetary level. And that, you know, COVID, for instance, was an experience uh, that we've all went through uh, of our, our interdependency and cross-vulnerability. Cross and climate change is just another one. And there is many others, like, you know, lack of biodiversity, erosions, et cetera, pollution. But um, so we realize this. And I think we are in a very special moment because we have technology to increase our awareness. Sometimes it distracts us, but you know, we have satellites, for instance, that help us see the Earth. Uh, we have science that help us to know that climate change is ongoing. We could have, imagine if climate change was happening at the end of 19th century, we'd be in a very different position. Yeah, the, um, I've often thought about uh, our capacity to even like, whoever the, the cruelest bad baddie might be on planet Earth as a grown-up, you put a baby in their hands, especially their baby, and there is a melt. Like, you, there's there's a softness when we, you know, if we have that empathy around holding a baby, we know deep down that we've got to look after that baby. And, and if you see a baby bird or a baby any other species, you sort of are like, oh, my gosh, that vulnerable bird, like, let's look after that bird. And one of the things I found fascinating working in the realm of imagination for 20 years has been how fast we are to kill an idea. And it's a baby. Like, an imagining is 
it's really hard. Like it's a lot of effort to, to generate an idea and then to get that idea out is like another lot of effort. And it's a, it's a process of birthing something. And that is a long, long time of knowledge and experiences and everything that's come through. And the being like for a person who like, I'm lucky to have some things come out of me, but most of the time it's just channels of lots of energy from before. And I'm just like a translator, like I kind of happen to have some words or some vocabulary. But what is it that we do? Like, what is it in us to kill the idea, do you think? Um, because I don't think instinctively we're out to kill life. And what have we got to shift in our mindset to, to not want to kill the idea when it comes out? Why do we do that? Hmm. That's a good question. I'm not sure I have the answer. But uh, what inspires me uh, in what you say is a few years ago, uh, we had created a, a website and, and a community around the idea of uh, ID's planet. Okay? Uh, and, and the idea would be, you know, it's a, it's a planet where when an ID is born, uh, the, the habitants of that planet have invented special glasses that enable them to see the IDs come popping up out of the brain of people. And actually there was an ad in France uh, that says this, I, I can send you this link at some point. Uh, and the question is, you know, uh, do you let those IDs uh, on the sidewalk uh, and, and they are, you know, no one is there to care for them or, or do you help them grow and, and become uh, efficient and, and uh, do you nurture them and, and, and so on. So, you know, you have a nursery for IDs. So basically what we've built uh, in Paris is a place um, that, um, encourage people with ideas to come and share their ideas and and have a community around an idea rather than just uh, an individual and it's very much like you know uh, human babies uh, it takes a village to raise a child uh, as we know from African proverb but it basically takes a community to grow an idea so if you want your ideas to to really especially if you want your idea to impact the world you know you cannot do it alone you have to you know uh, nurture the idea, get uh, other people to help refine it and, and uh, evolve it uh, and nurture it so that it can um, progressively have the, the right circumstances. I think that for long, um, in the past, lots of people were afraid of new ideas because they might challenge their power. Uh, so well, that, that feels like that's the heart of the friction, you know, that, and that's the most that's the thing that breaks my heart with change is you especially if change is, is looking to bring everyone along like that seems to be the part which is so heartbreaking i get it if you're kind of walking up to someone and being like i think you are stupid i think you have no value and i have something very smart and i want to take your job and i never want you to ever have any value again but i think if there's something that has a role for that person in in the future as well um then that's the bummer when we're, we're so afraid of the expertise that we've learned. Um, I often think it's like uh, baking a cake or something, you know, we are as a species, like we're kind of all goopy when we're going through kid life and then, you know, we get a bit older and then you put it in the oven and by the time it comes out, like if you break it, it sort of, you know, just snaps in half and you say, if you cook it for too long, it's like a really hard um, and, and just cracks like, and so people just try and keep their form and they're so worried about movements and, and moving around. And yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by, by what happens when you just leave a little bit of space. And this is an example, you know, we've been exploring how, how we can work together with Learning Planet and with AIM and, um, and scale some systemic change. And, you know, I, I said to you, do you want to jump on a podcast and should we design a puppet together? And I think, you know, for the way I've thought about puppetry like it's it has given me the most amazing freedom as someone who has um stumbled into leadership and i'm sure there's moments where people are like francois come and talk at this or can you come and do this or can you be this leader who understands things and you're asked questions on a podcast like i'm doing now and you're like i don't know i'm just sort of making it up as i'm going along like the hero's journey is fraught like we're all fragile and and the prime ministers, the presidents, the geniuses, whatever labels we want to give. At best, we're just, everyone's trying their best. And I think what puppetry has allowed me to do is to 
hideaway, which has been very, very enjoyable, and just to live with Professor Hope and not have to like play into that hero, founder, um, leader design. And before we jump into sort of exploring the design of the puppet that we want to make together, how have you navigated that sort of pressure of of the hero journey, or people looking at you or asking your ideas and um, and expertise, and you know, and and being asked to to lead people? How do you deal? And navigate with that pressure when there's fragility and um, yeah, how do you how have you navigated it? Because I found it an interesting journey so far. I try to do things that are meaningful and fun. Uh, so I, I, I tend to uh, uh, use the, the word the meaning fun, um, you know, and um, and and so I think that very often people tend to believe that those two things are very different, you know, either fun or you do something meaningful, you know, there's serious stuff that is meaningful in school and, and so on. And then there is fun that is play and, and exploration and, and whatever. And I think that, you know, separating these two notions is completely wrong. Mm. And so I think that what I do is in fact much easier than what uh, people might imagine because I'm just having fun. Uh, I, I try to do it in a way that is meaningful, that, um, you know, every day I wake up and, and I'm, I'm glad that I'm, you know, I have nice, nice conversation with someone like you and, and you know, that's, that's fun and, and that's meaningful. Uh, and uh, so, and, and for some reason, uh, people uh, like this and, 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 and join and, and, and co-create the next stage. You know, you, you have to, to come and visit us, but you know, uh, we've doubled in size every 18 months for, for nearly 20 years now. And um, and it's always a challenge to to you know every time I believe you know it can't go on like this, but I realize that you know uh, more people that come here attract more people. Yeah, so that's that's the exponential growth of the community. Then you have to you know learn to manage this, but you have to know how to have a team. And I have amazing uh, team members that you know uh, are able to to help grow the ideas and. Uh, and are very able to, you know, deliver on the dream and and, uh, and make the dream come true. So, you know, I'm in a way very much like John Lennon, you know, I may be a dreamer, but I'm not the only one and I don't want to be the only one. I want to meet other dreamers and, you know, co-construct our dreams together and make them come true. So that's in a way, um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying we, we, we are in dreamland, but but uh, we are in a land where dreams can come true and that's, that's what we should uh, work on. Um, yeah. No doubt, and I and I think that's the part where, like, you know, I um, as a grown up, which I'm, I don't know if I'm a grown up yet or whatever that means, but the the word imagination created, like, you know, he's talking about us as a mentoring network or something it was a lot more digestible for other grown ups, or you know, now tell us the linear thing about the kids, but you know, we're an imagination lab and we're building a country called imagination and here's an imagination gallery. And one of these investors just said to me once, can you call it anything but an imagination factory when we're going for our new um, like headquarters, which we've now got, which is an old cinema complex. And and I think, you know, the then you, if you hold that for long enough, like a, a very good friend of mine who's been a beautiful person to work with for the last like three to four years, Tyson Younger Porter, said to me once quite a similar thing to what your reflection was there, Francois, that he said, you just play, man. Like you play, but you play for the most important reasons. And I think that's where imagination's not a joke. And that's what the puppeteers that have taken me under into their troop and that have joined our playground as, as sort of leaders with us. They just said to me really early, Jack, this isn't a trick. Like these puppets are real. Like they've, they've, they've got life. Like we've got to respect the art this can't be a toy, this can't be a joke. Like you've got to make sure that you hold the magic of these puppets and you do that and they will they will release magic in you. And and I think that is the wonder of of deep story um, because it, it allows us to move from the literal to the dream space and and then we can move all the pieces around. And then when we get back to where we're sitting, we can see things differently and we can map differently and move. and. Yeah, I think the play is is not frivolous. It's process which is critical. Yeah, and and you know, I'm I'm an evolutionary biologist, so in terms of process, um, what I tend to like is um, 
is evolution. Uh, it's an, an interesting process. It's, it's uh, you know, brought us here, uh, and and actually we're using it uh, always uh, because in a way, you know, through imagination, you create uh, a thousand possible uh, future, and and then you select on the one that you want to act on because uh, you know you can imagine uh, nightmares uh, scenarios and that's pretty easy and, and you know it's getting ever more easy because of, of the state of the world uh, but uh, so if you want to have so what do you do to avoid the thousand and one nightmares and how do you build the thousand and one dreams uh, and how do you you know help people uh, make their dreams come true rather than you know their fears come true and that's that's something which you know it, it's very funny because i i just received this book um uh, fairy tales uh for a fairer world and, and to some extent that's what we are discussing uh and uh you know how do we uh, build those fairy tales um and how do we make sure that the next generation grows up reading uh inspiring uh fairy tales uh, rather than you know the sort of uh, nightmarish uh, science fiction uh, post-apocalyptic uh, scenario that uh, are you know becoming mainstream. Um, and when I realized this, uh, because I, I you know I read a lot when I was a kid, uh, I played a lot every game that I had and so on. And then I realized that my children uh, were playing very different games uh, and having very different readings than the one I had. Even though you know I was reading the same books my dad did I mean I read also other books that were my generation but I, I was multi-generational in my in my reading and my children were much less so uh, and 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 most of what they were reading uh, had this uh, negative tone especially when they were teens so you know we, we have to to uh, create this hope uh, again and um, and maybe you know um, you need uh, even more imagination to to believe in hope again uh, than than in our generation. So that's why I think we need a special uh, effort. Let's um, let's go from that warm up then into thinking about this puppet. And as we think about you know what what shape it it takes as a character, as a story, as a as a journey. So we've got. We have a, a university where a lot of the puppets um, that we've created live as professors, and so we're we're exploring on this podcast and this design process, like potentially commissioning another professor. It's like being in the middle of the X Men group and making a new X Men or doing some robotics, and then suddenly out we pop. So, what do you think, Francois? Have you had any thoughts since we sort of flagged the idea of of what either a professor? name might be what their quest might be what are, what have you been thinking about as we sort of looked at the idea of a professor to to help us tell these big stories together ah wow well, um i um i think I, I have to unleash my imagination on this one um and i i'm i haven't uh, spend enough time uh, dreaming about this yet but um, I think that that character could come from another planet very much like the little prince okay it could be uh, a princess again or you know it could have uh, um, and what I like about someone coming from another planet uh, is that by definition it has a different referential uh, and and so you know it's not bonded by the historical and geographical and biophysical uh, constraints that we have on our planet. Okay, so on that planet, uh, imagination is even less bonded in a way. Okay, so I think that that's one of the reasons I would I'd be tempted to have a character that has this. Okay, and and if it comes from a planet where, uh, you know, I guess that in many planets, uh, living species grow, 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 and then reach the carrying capacity of the planet. And then you know what do you do? Um, and and so uh, maybe you know that uh, professor coming from that other planet uh, might have uh, uh, be belong to a species that had found interesting solutions to the current complexities and crises uh, that we face. And, uh, and 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 that might be a planet where you know typically, for instance, science and art caring and and uh, technology uh, have blended in a way 
that is uh, much more meaningful and hopeful than our current situation where you know the over specialization the fact that you know for instance you have so many professors that don't talk to each other because you know of course my discipline matters but yours uh, you know so th this sorts of uh, you know uh, difference um, so coming from another planet uh, you can redesign even more so of course in the puppet world you can redesign everything but I think I, I would add that that dimension and um, and I think I would add that that planetism dimension I don't know if it's going to be professor planetism or, or, or whatever but uh, I think Seeing that that um, the the fact that, uh, for instance, on that planet they've reached that level of awareness and consciousness that you know the only right level uh, of caring community is the planetary one, um, you know, because that's that's the only way to to survive, uh, and and so maybe you know thanks to that. Uh, history, evolutionary history on that planet, uh, they they have uh, overcome many of the hurdles that you know uh, block us. And um, I can send you. Uh, there is someone that made a, a little video uh, that I liked, uh, which is you know very humorous, where you know Earth uh, is being interviewed uh, for its ability to belong to the civilized uh, part of the galaxy. Uh, and uh, and clearly we fail on so many dimensions, <laughs> and um, and so you know that sort of uh, uh, different look I think can be can be quite uh, fun as well. Okay, and so making fun of our uh, complexities and difficulties. So maybe you know that professor would be a sort of a visiting professor uh, that is here to uh, study us as. Uh, as a species and as, a, as an ecosystem, as a planet, uh, and might be somewhat shocked by you know all these stupid things we do, um, and uh, and and make uh, you know using this mixture of imagination and humor uh, can help us uh, criticize the powerful and the, yeah. and the power structures that are you know actually destroying our ecosystem and and many people's lives. Uh, it, and so, it could be a beautiful thing for them to have as a visiting professor um, to be here for a 10-year tenure, you know, for, for one of the most important decades for, for humanity and to have a scorecard and say, look, you know, for you to, to, you, for you to be welcome into the, the universal um, club of planets, this is where you've got to get to. Kindness is at zero, joy is at zero, imaginations that, you know, through the, the ground, um, your, your relation to other species is like non-existent. Um, you've forgotten humor. Um, your model and economics, like it, it, all the jobs are going to the robots, um, and you've forgotten about you know how you share things. So that you could you could track over a decade and some really you know in the planetism sketchbook. Because I think one of the things which if we're going to now the, the thing where one of the one of the elements of life on Earth which makes me deeply hopeful is that fairy tales for a fairer world. Like it's all story. We've inherited stories. There's been stories before, and a form, an Excel sheet, a document, a report. Um, they're all stories, and we can change the stories. Human beings write these stories. They might have been around for you know 100 years or 200 years, and. Um, you know, many stories that haven't been written down have got a lot of strength that have managed to sustain in different playgrounds. But I think that could be a really um, strong playground to look at the impact scorecard that this professor is moving around with. And, and they're an auditor, you know, that they're going and they, and they go and do audits with CEOs and prime ministers and presidents and, they, and we take this professor and the professor then you know goes to the UN and, and has like really serious one-on-one -on -one interviews with people to be like well where are you at where would you score you know your country on this and oh we can't do that and, well why not you know like and just I think the the most obvious questions are just like why can't we do this like surely we have to to find that way so I think that could be a very fascinating quest what would the country be called where where the professor came from well, it's not a country; it's a planet. Uh, a planet, least. yeah. Sorry. Um, and um, 
and maybe it's hope or you know uh, <laughs> something like this. Um, and uh, this is the first word that comes to my to my lips. Maybe it could be maybe it could be epo and hope backwards or something. We could have a little puzzle. Yeah. Where you reverse, yeah, joy or a tioj or something. Um, yeah, but that that's fun. That's fun. What um, what what did you? Yeah, what would you see is the 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 quest for this professor? If there was a body of work, is it in the realm of planetism? Is that sort of a fair offer around keeping a score? Or what would you, if you were setting the first assignment for this professor who arrived here? Um, and they they came in and they're they're part of this. In, they're working between the Learning Planet Institute and Imagination Uni, and we've got this professor who's on a residency with both of us to help shift the way the world works. Do you have an assignment that you'd you'd set them to task, or or what would be your first day with them? Sorry, the the connection is breaking. Um, so I didn't hear the end of what you said. Jack, do you want to? Yeah, that? let me go again. Um, if it was, if you had a first day of work with this professor, or what, what would be the, what would be the first project, or what do you think is the key area of discipline that this professor is is looking at? Is it is it planetary health, or is it um, is it something else? You think? Um, I think he's a system scientist of some sort. Uh, so he, he understands the, the complexity of, of ecosystems uh, and the fractal nature. Um, and, um, and so, you know, from the, I think on this planet or her planet, uh, the, the, there is a, a much deeper understanding of, of systems and, and complexities and fractal nature of things. Uh, and so, for instance, maybe uh, they are reaching the level uh, where they want to uh, explore the concept of galaxism. Okay, uh, and, uh, and 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 so you know they, they've already reached uh, you know the, the local citizenship. You know they've seen yeah. the citizenship. They've seen uh, they are exploring the questions of galaxyship. Uh, and so they, they try to understand you know why so many communities across the universe are. Uh, more developed than others in this ability to care and and to be reflexive and and to uh, understand this. And so uh, he, 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 the reason he came to us was to study us uh, uh, and maybe uh, see what he can learn from us and and what you know we might be able to to learn like in, in any good exchange program you know what it is that uh, we could we could co-design together okay so i think that that uh, the arrival of this professor uh, is an invitation to uh, question ourselves uh, along those questions and um, and for instance um, i think that it might be uh, maybe his first assignment is you know why is it so difficult for us to transition uh, and, and, you know, for us as individual, for us as collective, for us as organization, for us as, you know, local communities, uh, national communities and global communities, uh, or for us as a species, you know, all those uh, are transition barriers. And, you know, why, what prevents us from moving? Uh, and, and that's a puzzle for him because he doesn't understand conservatism. He doesn't understand, you know, uh, this question. So he is there to, to study this and uh, and and so because you realize that you know um, if you understand the reason why there is some blockage uh, at different levels uh, first you can unlock them and then maybe you know if you really want to build you know galaxies and ship uh, which you know is maybe uh, the mission in which is you have to to understand the various levels of blockage uh, at all the levels that I just described so that you know uh, you can uh, go one step further and uh, and I think that's you know it's in a way uh, a transitional just whatever you, I, I mean I'm trying to make up a world okay? yeah, it's great, it's great. Uh, uh, which is you know what's the science of transition uh, transitionology uh, and 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 uh, and so he, he came to study uh, us because we are 
nearly a perfect case of you know being blocked at all the levels simultaneously, yeah. um, and uh, and and is trying to understand uh, why we are blocked because you know uh, on this planet and and another part of the universe that he's been studying, uh, people, uh, the communities are are much more agile uh, than we are, uh, and and so he's trying to understand because you know we have the brain, we have the awareness, we have the technology, so you know what is missing. Uh, and uh, and and is uh, investigating this and questioning us and you know what what blocks you from from doing what everybody knows is right. Uh, so you know you have the science for it. You know so again if we didn't have the science, we, we could really imagine uh, some uh, planets uh, and maybe you know this guy has studied many planets or you know uh, and this professor has studied many planets. So. Um, on, on other planets, uh, you know, you might reach the carrying capacity without having the, tec uh, the technology or the science or the consciousness or the, you know, or the poetry or the imagination potential. So, I mean, we have all the ingredients, but for some reason, you know, we are blocked. And, and that's what he's trying to understand. Um, and he might contrast us with other planets he's seen, you know, is and, 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 and uh, other places and he's trying to to again study us uh, in or uh, and make fun of us uh, and make us I mean questions us I mean I think questioning is the most powerful thing and humor is is uh, an interesting way of, of questioning people because it's it's um, in a way disarming uh, because I mean very often when you question I mean you know Socrates was questioning uh, is is uh, the civilization of his time and and it ended badly you know it was considered as Corrupting the youth—that's exact crime. That's you know uh, he was accused of, and uh, so you know I think you know that that professor would want to understand why that happened to Socrates, for instance. Okay, uh, and uh, because it it might be very related to to some of the problem we have. You know, maybe on this planet, you know, the equivalent of Socrates uh, was not treated like this, and and that has changed the course of history uh, to uh, places that were fairer, and maybe you know. Uh, in fact, Socrates was a woman there, and and and, and that went uh, perfectly right, you know. Whereas uh, in Socrates' time and to this date, you know, women have not been treated as equals. That's a fascinating frame to um, to bounce in and out of. Is the like a long history of humanity to sort of look at the blockages and and to try and understand those patterns in different playgrounds and. And, and then also, you know, to make sure that the long history in those blockages, like I'm so lucky to be a part of this system, which, you know, our, our Indigenous system in Australia, which is like, you know, no system's perfect and I don't like, I don't want to ever romanticise like, um, like any pattern because we all have our, our challenges or whatnot. But for, for a significant part of the systemic design, there's just so much movement and so much of the movement is because I think um, so many of our, our uh, relational patterns are diagonally hatched, they're not straight up and down, so you're constantly sort of in movement like a seesaw between, you know, you can be in relation with an auntie um, and then you can be the nephew and you can swap, you know, and they can, the auntie can suddenly become uh, the niece and you can be the uncle and, and you can have these like shifts in hierarchy within a conversation which I think um, you know means that you're constantly having this sort of um, this movement like those games where you send a little ball through and you're trying to move the levers around a little steel ball and you're trying to make it all kind of move like it means the ball can kind of keep moving and it's never stuck because every um, every bridge or every like platform is not fixed and I think that's what you know we've been We've been able to pattern here in, in this country for like 60,000 years is a very, very long lap, which is almost an unfathomable amount of time to get your head around. You're like, you know, I'm the same age as MIT Media Labs, give or take. And we look at that as this genius institution. And, you know, 60,000 years compared to like, you know, 38 years or whatever, it's just wild to think that one is, <laughs> that's where we bank the house on. So I think that that could be a really simple reveal for you know, the professor of um, who's studying galaxism and looking at a playground is just to see if you've got it here, you know, and then you go further, like beyond us, and, you know, just unbelievable patterns, unbelievable intelligence in the natural world, and 
um, just us designing, you know, the blockages I think become quite apparent that we, we've just designed ourselves away from nature. We've declared nature as, um, you know, this is broad shapes, uh, but declared nature as, you know, evil and dumb and to be dominated and unruly and dangerous and, um, and one thing like nature um, and humans and not hundreds and hundreds of billions of species. Like that number, like how do you get your head around hundreds and hundreds of billions of other species? Like the most amazing planet we get to share. And, and we've just, I think what excites me is like there's, um, there is no way like in terms of our growth trajectory on planet earth like seven billion eight people billion nine billion ten billion people we will never ever have enough relationships with to to meet all of the hundreds and hundreds of billions of other species um and so what a great opportunity like there's abundance in our relationship capacity for relating with other species and so there's yeah i, I think that could be something that that really excites um the 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 professor who's looking at galaxism because they there's so much here you know we don't even we don't need to go to the universe there's still so much here to be able to understand and enjoy and, and play with um so that could be part of the journey as well yeah one of the the, the nice things of um, of um, the sort of galactic perspective um so um you know a, a, a learning community uh, is not only uh, inviting people to uh, be good learners, but enabling them to learn from each other within the community, but also the learning community uh, should learn from other learning communities so that it can keep perfecting uh, the way it learns and the way it adapts to, to, to a changing world. Um, because the more you know, brains and the more exploration uh, was done uh, at the larger scale, the more you can explore. So, you know, as a learning planet, uh, the question is, you know, how do we promote learning uh, of the different inhabitants on, on this planet, including learning from living beings, uh, learning from nature, learning from uh, from artificial intelligence. You know, we have different uh, partners uh, we can learn from, uh, and uh, we can certainly learn from each other and, and, and so on. But uh, so far, we have that limit, uh, which is that you know we don't learn so much from other planets. Mm. So you know, I'm, I've just been uh, rereading Isaac Asimov uh, and foundations and, and so on. And clearly, you know, what uh, Asimov uh, and other uh, authors of science fiction have done is that they say, "Oh yeah, we can learn from other planets. You know, uh, just imagine them, and and, and that's it." Um, so uh, we. We can well, learn. Isn't, isn't that Einstein's process? You're basically just sitting in a room and just like imagining just all of these things, and suddenly, like, oh yeah, it turns out that that checks out. Like you've just gone so into the space. And and so I think that you know through I mean the, the, this one thing that travels faster than light is imagination, as we already discussed, and and uh, and so we are not bonded uh, by by this. But if we imagine, you know, uh, for instance. On some other planets, uh, they might have found solutions, but they might not have. Okay, and then you know, what is the story of, of planets that haven't? Uh, so, for instance, uh, is there planets that have entered palliative care? Uh, you know, what does it mean uh, for a planet to enter palliative care? Uh, and uh, and uh, and what can we learn from a planet that you know realized too late that it was entering palliative care? Maybe they are caring for each other, you know, in their last hugs. Uh, but uh, you know what's um, and and maybe they've learned a lesson too late. But maybe we can learn from them when it's not too late for us. So that's the sort of things that you know uh, we could be playing uh, if we if we open up uh, our imagination to other planets. So in a way, it's it's imagi galaxy when I'm trying to say. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's imagination in the sense of you know we shouldn't be bonded by national boundaries. Uh, no, no. And I, I think that's the same. The, I mean, in terms of the restrictions with cities as a frame, like when I think about the idea of any border, um, in the only country as a, as a species that we should be playing in is imagination, because no matter where you are, you just you're always free, and and if you're there, then you can always find your way to each other. Um, I was just thinking as a as another pathway for our um, our touring professor that perhaps like 
um, you know, by by day, he or she they um, is a you know is deeply engaged in this this scientific pursuit um, or, or into their research around um, galacticism. Galactic, oh, I don't know to say that. Um, and then maybe the nighttime tonality of like to get the sense of that play and that seriousness um, that, that you carry so well, Francois, is maybe they're a, they're a theatre producer and their passion is to take their research into big theatrical street performances. And then Professor Galactic is turning up at the UN and putting on a theatre show and then turning up at, um, you know, COP and putting on a theatre show and then turning up at a school and putting on a theatre show. And the show is about what we've been talking about. It's about the research. It's about what's happening in the galaxy. It's about the country that's um, on life support. It's about the country that's in abundance, um, or the planet that's in abundance. Apologies. And that could be a nice way to think about the frame that this, like, um, basically, you know, I, I mean, when I look at us as a species, my partner is an actor, and she's a very talented actor, and my father's an actor. Um, yeah, my mum's a visual artist, my, my dad's wife is a theatre director. I've been lucky to grow up around story my whole life and, you know, I've, I've often found it fascinating how we, um, we are like, wow, actors are amazing, you know, they can transform, they're like a, a totally amazing, crazy, and every single one of us, like, you know, almost 8 billion people every day wakes up, puts on a costume, you know, puts on a mask, and goes and plays a role in some story, you know, and we're the best actors, we're the most amazing actors, and if you want to see, like, the most amazing theatre show, it's it's happening all the time, you just look out the window, you sit at a bus stop, you, you know, everywhere we go, we are in story all the time, we're always, like, life is one big theatre troupe, which comes back to the start of the conversation, that it's up to us to work out if we can have the imaginative capacity to write a story that really lifts the actors um, on planet Earth and gives us a chance to do that. So maybe that could be part of what this professor can get towards. I'm conscious that we might, um, we could we could potentially go on for about five hours, but um, I'm, I think I might fall asleep whilst talking because it's getting pretty late over here. So I'm conscious to get to a point where we find some form of resolution. So as you, as you reflect on what I just said there, Francois, the, to add a, another question to it, um, from a design experience, is there any colours or shapes or styles that you think we should be working with with this puppet? And, you know, are we, is it something from a French puppetry tradition that we're bringing in? Like at the moment, we've worked with sort of hand puppets, but is this a different style of puppet that's joining the troupe, do you think? And so, any offers on, on the form and the, the place and space of what this puppet looks like? Um, that's a good question. I am I, I, I'm not sure I, I have... Um, so I, I was thinking about string puppets, for instance, that is quite popular uh, where we are. I'm wondering, you know, whether uh, in terms of uh, the message we, we pass, uh, that's the right message, because in a way you don't want to have strings that manipulate the puppet. Uh, you want uh, the puppet to be uh, self-driven in a way. Uh, of course, it's not going to be completely self-driven, but you know. So maybe I don't know. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's uh, you know generated by AI and animated from within in a way. Well, you uh, could build one of the beautiful things. I'm not sure if you've ever seen. There's a um, a TV show called Kidding, which has got Jim Carrey in it, and he's it's a really dark take on puppetry, um, and he does a remarkable job in it, but one of the forms they look at is um, puppetry, just a simple head puppet. And what could be interesting with this one, because of our respective reach, like anybody could be the professor of, um, you know, galactic, the galactic professor. And, you know, we could give the head to, you could have it for a week and then be like, okay, cool, I want to give it to this systems designer. And whoever's wearing it for that week is taking on the persona and doing that research and moving around and engaging and thinking about trying to produce a show that can tell a story in a space. And that I, that's one thing I love about the art of puppetry, um, especially the hand puppets is, you know, we, in terms of movement around the world, like Professor Hope, who I work with, 
It's nothing. I can pack Professor Hope up and send him somewhere, and another puppeteer can work with him. You know, within a week, and we Professor Hope can move where I can't. Um, Professor Hope doesn't need a visa to travel around the world, and um, and can connect us. And I'm not. I don't need to own Professor Hope. You know, so I think that could be a really interesting thing to explore. Whether it's a head um, that that and and the head could we could look at it having like a screen or it could have some stuff where we could play through some data or it could have some stuff on the side where you could have some elements of ongoing AI that's um, being published in it and you you know wear the head and sit on the back of a train in a train or a bus and everyone's just watching this moving data source of trying to understand the health of the planet or the or the galaxy yeah I think something like this is um, is interesting and, and I remember uh, I was once in in the borough uh, festival, theater festival, and I saw a mind-blowing uh, uh, puppet show, and I think it was, in a way, you know, humans acting as puppets, mm-hmm. um, and and um, but but they had, you know, you could recognize them as puppets even though they were, you know, played by humans. You know, so they had, uh, you know, very good actors, and, and it was very moving. Um, I, I don't remember, you know, it was nearly 40 years ago or something, so I, I don't remember the details, but uh, I was uh, moved, uh, I know, when I when I discovered this uh, form of uh, representation. Um, in terms of... Um, I, I'm, I'm somewhat inspired by the... by the... by the Little Prince uh, story, you know, if there is a French touch, I think that might be around this, um, and, and, and we can have the puppets Costumes or hair or whatever, okay, that is uh, reminiscent of yeah. the Little Prince uh, world. If we want, uh, I don't think we'll have problems with the Little Prince. Uh, the Saint Exupéry Foundation uh, happens to be friends, so you know, if if need be, I could even ask. Uh, but I don't think they we would have to. Uh, um, you know, they've among the things they've done, which you know, this uh, professor could be doing. You know, so if he wants to study the science of imagination, for instance, which could be one of his topic, because you know, if he understands that what's rate limiting is our ability to transition, and that's maybe the only, I mean, the best lever he knows, uh, might be uh, that we have to unlock imagination. So that would resonate very well with with everything, and then he could uh, do you know scientific surveys of of uh, around imagination and you know yeah. among the things that we've done with with the little prince uh, foundation that we could be i mean something to very foundation for the youth uh that we could try to to reproduce uh, in, a, in a clever way um is uh is a writing contest okay yeah. uh so you know if the little prince was coming back uh, what sort of conversation would you have uh, with the Little Prince, or if the Little Prince were visiting one more planet, you know, what would happen then? Uh, uh, some of them were published in, most of them in French, but we have some of them in, in other languages, mm-hmm. including English, I could be sending some of those. But uh, I think that there is um, there is a potential there. Um, and, and so, you know, uh, I believe strongly in, in what's called citizen science. Maybe we should call it galaxies and science or whatever, you know, mm. uh, and uh, or planets and science. But uh, so we could be studying, uh, you know, the, the the difficulty in our transition, and maybe the best hope for the transition uh, is uh, is indeed uh, imagination. Okay, so we can uh, we can work on on this, and then it could be. You know, if we link this to the thousand and one nights that we were yeah. discussing, um, maybe one of the other things uh, he could be saying is that you know he could be say, he could be having a thousand and one stories from these other planets, okay? and and that could be partly crowdsourced by you know the crowd that we invite to to describe to answer the the the, the call of this professor. That's you know, for instance, what he could be doing is offering fellowship. Uh, so he's a visiting professor, but he's recruiting uh, for the yeah. planet. Okay. Right. He's looking for interns that want to come and visit, you know, other planets uh, uh, around the galaxy, and and invites you know young people to come and visit their own uh, planets and and tell and us. We could send we could send the the scripts and the ideas and the stories to outer space as postcards, and they could come back, and we could we could work on actually you know making some of that come to life for some of the friends that we both have. And, um, yeah, as you were as you were working through that form, kind of thing, seeing the shape of how it works together. I mean, perhaps this is um, 
because puppets don't have to be alone, you know. So, so maybe what we're shaping here is is a relational nucleus. So that what we've got, you know, we've got our professor. So we already have a professor dream that's just been birthed in the last sort of six months. And so, you know, I know the, you all have been looking at the thousand one dreams. So perhaps Professor Dream is, is sort of looking at a thousand one dreams and maybe we make a little prince puppet and who can be in the troupe and be like, well, the little prince is here in this story and, and is really interested and, and has looked out and the little prince has gone out wondering, had a conversation with Professor Dream who's worked on this project and said, you know, Professor Dream said, well, four years ago, I've got a, um, I want to find a thousand one dreams and I want to work out the blockages as to why they can't come true. Like I'll get the dreams and little prince says well i'll go out there and i'll try and find someone who knows how to unlock these things because we've got too many blockages here and, and comes back with professor galactic and we've got ourselves a little gang and they're they're in in movement together and i think professor galactic is then working through those um those surveys and those challenges professor galactic is, is then accepting you know what are the thousand stories for for outer space, like what are the ways that you would approach the problems you've got now, and and you're away. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, we need a teamwork. You know, in yeah. a way, what I think your your uh, your sets of professors, uh, and I guess you need students in your university. I don't know how much students you have, but uh, I think that uh, I think what we are building is a sort of um, collective. Uh, Nearly like the Avengers, uh, yes, exactly. yeah, yeah. Um, and and uh, with different styles and different uh, characteristics and and complementary uh, skills, and and are able together to to co-build stories and and uh, and uh, processes that uh, help us out. Well, the student the students are all of us, and all, I think we're, what we've realised is we don't have to rep. There's enough really beautiful institutions. That are in playgrounds working with people. One of the things that we miss sometimes is the imaginative um, stimulus, and then sometimes we work in in specialised groups, as we've sort of spoken about. So if we can help bring a few different projects and people together, and and then lift be lifted with the power of these puppets to have that movement, um, then yeah, like you've already done, you know, you've already done the crowdsourcing of young people into stories in different ways. Like we can, we can work with devices and work, but we, we lift it with these professors. And then I think, you know, we're working on this being created into a TV series, a TV show that can, can last over a decade of time. And we're exploring whether we have, you know, five unlikely public television services that we work with to, to produce the first couple of series of the show. And you can see a world where you, you know, Australia, France, maybe Ukraine public service, like maybe South Africa or a few different unlikely groups come together to be like, yeah, we'd like to have some professors based here, you know, and we just do our research projects and, and we leave behind some tools for humanity and we tell a hopeful story, which I think is the, again, rounds out where we've got to, we've got to give those 15 year olds out there the ability to sit down with a text with their parents and not be stuck in their rooms um, watching doom scrolling because the world has challenges and there's plenty of reasons for hope um, so I think that's an opportunity for us yeah, yeah. I, I've been um, I mean I'm sure you you, you, you you've seen uh, Harry's work uh, including his cartoons uh, versions uh, of his story but I think you know what he one of the lesson um, it's funny because I, I studied um, I work with someone that was an amazing professor uh, of evolutionary biology that wrote Major Transitions in Evolution. Uh, and he basically ended his narrative uh, with the birth of humankind. Uh, and Arari nearly took over, uh, you know, trying to tell the big history uh, of, of our uh, cultures and civilization and species. And, and what I find interesting um, in the, I think, is, is I talked to both and, and uh, they didn't know each other. Uh, and you know, one of them was uh, they died early, and, and the other, you know, was more of an historian than a evolutionary biologist. So I don't blame them. But uh, having read both, uh, I see many uh, important um, connections. Uh, and what I like in in Harari's perspective, he says, you know, what's specific about human in his point of view is that we believe in things that are meaningless unless we all believe in, you know, whether it's yeah. money or religion or or uh, diplomas or you know many of for actions. And, uh, and so our imagination is, uh, you know, uh, whether we want to believe in something new, um, 
uh, is uh, is to be uh, tailored. And I think you know this uh, project of yours. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to join in because I think it's it's one of the places where we can build these new narratives uh, in creative ways. And ideally, you know, get everyone to to co-design new narratives that that we all look forward to. And uh, but I think that one of the other things that he says is that if you look at, for instance, uh, some of the storytelling of the 19th century that you know made history in the 20th century, uh, Marx was you know a very powerful one that was uh, somewhat more powerful than many religion um, that pre-existed and have had you know m very impactful things. But of the new ideas of the 19th century, it's not religion that made a big difference for the 20th century. It's more Marxism and, and so on. And he, what he was saying is that Marxism, uh, part of his strengths is that it understood economy uh, and it understood you know some of the contradictions of the economical system. And so he could build a narrative that uh, was not a real religion, but you know had many of the components of religion and that was much more scientifically based. So what I like in, in, in the way you are framing things uh, as you know these university professors and so on is that you know they can be deeply science based and yet you know deeply uh, interesting and fun uh, and, and you know characters that we could love because they have the puppet dimension so I, I love the idea of, of uh, the puppet because it speaks to children and I love the idea of professorship because it speaks to I mean, it's it comes from science, and and it can be uh, so. We could mix uh, uh, in that sort of Ararian perspective. Uh, you know, uh, we could be the incubator of this new narratives that have this mixture of the quality of the science and its rigor uh, in, in describing the world, and the power of imagination and of storytelling and of you know kids' affection for for cute little characters, uh, and all this combined. Uh, can be a super interesting mix. And, and Jack, um, before I, I forget, uh, I have good connections, I think I mentioned this briefly, I have good connections with the top French publisher and, and uh, for kids. I mean, they, they have uh, uh, readers for all generations, but they have 5 million readers, uh, including probably at least 50% uh, young ones. They have publications from 9 months old to 18 months old, uh, to 18 years old. Um, and, and then they have for retired ones and so on, and for families. But uh, I think that, you know, this guy loved uh, a book I wrote a few a couple of years ago, uh, that is not in English, the Planets and Manifesto, and um, he, he was asking me, you know, what can we do to to invite more people in the uh, what if we mode, which was you know, one of the recurring themes of, of the book, is to invite people to to answer these questions, which combine you know creativity, collective, and and uh, and alternatives. So you know, what if we um, were galaxies and what if we were you know puppets what yeah. if we were uh, able to imagine alternatives etc so i think you know this is uh, very much at the core and maybe that's that's one of the of the recurring uh, uh, language tricks nearly of this professor uh, is that you know everything he says starts with what if we okay yeah um, and uh, and and so it's um, or maybe it's maybe that's the name of the professor. Maybe it's the what if we professor. Um, yeah, yeah. Professor, what if? Um, first name we. Yeah, that could be. Uh, there's so much to play with, Francois. I think the um and yeah the the where where we see the research being published is there's just an opportunity to um, take the best of that co-created you know Wikipedia, co-created journals in academia, co-written projects, and then add that to crowdsourcing and be like. Well, who wants to write for Professor Galactica? Like, and you know, AI can write, and big human beings of all ages can write, and then we can have, you know, your friend that runs a publishing firm be like, you know, not just working on the story. Do you want to write again? You know, or for the people who have been, you know, had to be in fancy jobs as editors for a while, like, let's write. Let's take the best of what we've got and let's write for these professors and give them the best chance to be. I think the knowledge has to lead, like then. And that's what Jim Henson and the gang with, with Sesame Street did so well is they they didn't dumb it down and every almost everything they made for such a long period of time was intentional and it was working towards something on a on a multiplicity of levels and we're complex as kids uh, or kids are complex and um, 
and it's important for that knowledge to be transferred. So I think there's, yeah, there's there's lots of magic for us to explore in there, and we're um, yeah, we're deeply thankful for the for the time to connect and and I think yeah, I, I was thinking about evolutionary biology and um, that journey, and I'm, I'm sure it hasn't been proven yet, but I'm, I'm sure I think you know it's it's sort of we get to human beings and then. You know, one form of the robot seemed to be some form of advancement either alongside human beings or, or maybe after us. But I think puppets are definitely going to be seen as the ultimate species that we really <laughs> get to see. So we're on our way to, to bring that to life, I think. So thank you for spending your time with us. And we're going to go away and start making some puppets and, um, and, and get some prototypes back to you and, and bring this project into even more life and, and fruition. So I, I, I loved our conversation. I know that you've been recording it. Uh, I know some of my team would want to listen to it. So if you can send me the, the record, I'll be happy to share it with them. And, uh, and I, I think, you know, in terms of storytelling, you know, uh, we can unleash the imagination of some of the young people, uh, young talents. I, I'm going to send you, I'm not sure I have your WhatsApp number, but uh, I, I'll send you a, a few of the poems that, uh, or, or little stories that were written by, by um, very talented young uh, person that uh, is part of the team called Ariana and um, and we are also uh, trying to crowdsource you know sort of planets and art uh, stories images uh, how can you um, co-design them uh, with the use uh, giving them the powers of technology uh, that exist today to to make their ideas come true and then you know they can either you know do it alone or, or, or be augmented if they want to and and we would like to build some sort of a planetes and museum an open museum uh, sharing all those art forms and you know definitely uh, we've got a ga we've got a gallery we're about to build at our factory so we could have that as part of it in oh, Australia. That really so, cool. yeah that's 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 in build that we're designing at the moment, so I'd love to link in on that um, so uh, that's uh, another student here called Laha uh, that would be very happy to to be uh, connected to your team doing this, um, and and so you know, in, in fact, in in terms of, um, I, I'm trying to think of the link between the show and what people do uh, once they've done the show. Okay, so mm -hmm. we could uh, give a little exercise like you know, uh, go and travel to another planet and you know. Uh, bring us back stories, uh, drawings, uh, videos, songs, whatever. Write, write the next episode, you know, where does it go next? There's so many things that build off it or answer the questions that are in it. What if this, you know, take on the what if challenge. And yeah, I think for that teaching coalition, like um, we could, this could be like a teaching text that we're all co-contributing to and saying, well, let's write for the professors and then let's release, you know, one or two, you know, release one of the episodes and then it can go to all the teachers around the world. And and we've got something joyful and rich and, um, yeah, and I think that, that could be a way to, to kind of play it. So there's yeah, lot, lots, to, lots, lots to play with. Thank you.